Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 104. Hi, everybody. Hi there. We had a very stormy day in the neighborhood yesterday, huh? Yeah, our poor little garden. A little bit of hail. A little bit of, a lot of water. We've had all water. We've become Oregon for a while. So <laughs> The Pacific Northwest. Yes. So this has been rain every day for the last few weeks. Yeah, and more on the horizon. Which is wonderful. So. Great for the lawn. Great for all the natural, of course, all mm-hmm. the natural things that aren't cultivated. The so we are green. Very green. Colorful Colorado. This is a great time of year, actually. Any Most of the time, June is the probably the best. The best or yeah month to come in. everything is green yeah. after you get late summer everything's brown and then mm-hmm. winter it's really brown except for the snow yep so hey i have something on my mind yes you do i want to connect to last week a little bit um you know one of my things i've been learning the more i read the bible is i get i'll just say it plainly i get more irritated by you know, people just quoting a verse and trying to say, you know, kind of the gotcha verse. Ooh, boom. Well, yeah. What about this verse? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting more and more of, why don't you read some more context, read bigger and bigger sections. And so in a positive spin on that, what I've been kind of seeing more and more is, as I read things is often we stop at chapter divisions and just kind of look at each chapter as an individual thing that was written and rarely is that the case yeah and sometimes it's like maybe we should look and see the continuity so if you know i'm reading i'm going through romans and guess what romans 13 is followed by romans 14 and i'm guessing paul didn't go hey i'm done with chapter 13 now i wonder what i ought to do chapter 14 about because you know he didn't put chapters in there so his brain was probably still thinking about something and he's trying to communicate ideas. And one of the things that I'm trying to learn more and more is how do I capture the essence of what is somebody really trying to say in here? What's the, what are they addressing and what's going on here? And so, you know, as I kind of looked at, I was reading chapter 14 and that's kind of the chapter where they talk about eating meat, not eating meat celebrating days and not celebrating days and so forth and I started to kind of go through that chapter and this is where it's kind of like just when you read here's a thought of how to do it first just read the chapter quickly and see if you can kind of catch the vibe of what's he really rather than the detail of any one verse how do these all connect together and make a story What's the story behind these words that he's trying to do? Yeah, because Romans was a letter. It's a letter to a church. With context to a certain group of people, a church, that um, had, Mm -hmm. Paul Paul had specific relationship with. Right, and Paul's... So he's speaking out of relationship to these people to help them understand what life in Christ is first right. just the the roots of it which is what he does in the first part of the letter and now how that practically flows 
which is what's happening right. in the second part of the letter. So it's all flowing together, like you yeah, said. Yeah, and this is part of that problem of proof texting that's called, you know, to just grab a verse here, grab a verse there. You know, because you can proof text and say, oh, Paul still heavily followed the law because there's some verses where he does that. There's other verses where he's like, yeah, I don't. And I only, and there's other verses where he's like, well, you know, if a... If I'm with Gentiles, I'll be like Gentiles. If I'm with, you know, the Jews, I'll be a Jew and so forth. And it's like, so you might want to read all of that together to figure it out. And he'll say things that are very much about the grace of God. And there's other places he'll say, hey, this is a terrible sin. You guys really got to cut that out. And the answer is, well, why does he do both? Why does he talk about grace and sin? You know, and it's, well, who is he? He's Paul. What's his job? He's an apostle. What's an apostle? I mean, you probably wonder, what is an apostle? <laughs> we just were talking about we're talking this about last what week. What is an apostle? Well, it's his job. Is his to, role. Yeah, his role is, It's a, he does have a somewhat authoritative role in that he is an overseer over many churches. He is a developer of regions. He planted and started a lot of these churches. And... So part of it is he has a heart to see those people grow, to see them to know God more clearly, to understand God, to understand these things. And so part of it is you're going to do things like, hey, I need to tell you some doctrine. I need to give you some examples. And sometimes I have to give you correction when you're incorrect, when you're doing things really wrong. I might have to point that out. I mean, you as a music teacher, do you ever tell your kids they're doing it wrong? Nope. No, never. I am not an apostle. <laughs> That's it. You're just fine. <laughs> just keep doing that. You do not correct their skills in any way whatsoever. Yes, of course I do, but not in a not in a Paul sort of way. Yeah. So, yeah. So correction may vary in terms of its either being an encouragement or sometimes harshness or a severity. In fact, like if you look at First Corinthians or Corinthians, I think there's actually four letters to the Corinthians. We only have two of them, but Paul refers to his severe letter. So apparently he wrote one where it was like he was really uh, having to deal with some things in there. And uh, there's others where it's very encouraging. You know, it's like, wow, you guys are doing awesome now. So, but part of this is, okay, let's go read the whole context and try to find out what he's doing. So I happen to be reading chapter 14. And that's the veggie the veggie chapter and the food chapter it's the veggie tales is what this <laughs> chapter is about <clears throat> um you know and i even have to read you got to kind of take these things flying right because it's not a division of a chapter so based on that he had just gone through a whole bunch of stuff talking about here's what love is i'm going to take a say it real fast i'm just going to read it quickly some romans 13 you know, let go, no debt remain, outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law, the command. So he kind of goes in back and forth between some law things, uh, some commandments, some behaviors, all sorts of things. You know, he says the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, understanding this present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Okay, so there's a little, hey, heads up, wake up. So he's giving you the message. 
Wake up because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. It's an encouragement. We got. I'm taking you somewhere. You have a future. You have a potential. So, so let us behave. Ooh, we have behavior stuff. Let us behave decently in the daytime as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Those are two important ones we're going to hit in the next chapter. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your flesh. Okay, that's the end of chapter 13. Now Mm -hmm. we jump right into 14. He says, accept him whose faith is weak. Okay, so how are we going to... How are we going to close ourselves with Christ? We're going to accept. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Everyone's faith, or sorry, one. Go ahead. Do you jump in there? Oh, I just, Whoop. I feel like there needs to be a Selah there. Selah. Don't right. judge people on disputable matters. Things where you get to have right. a dispute, things where there are different opinions, there is no right and right. wrong answer. That's what we're talking about here. We are not talking about core doctrines. In this chapter, he's not talking about right. core doctrines. What you eat or or not, or how you celebrate Sabbath or not, are not core doctrines. Right. Yeah. Right? Because that's what he just said. Right. Well, Don't, we're, we're about to hit them all. Yeah. Where do we, what was that? Oh, we're about uh, a couple of verses in there. The man who, where are you? Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. That's There you go. One. There's three big things there, right? Accept him whose faith is weak. So here, actually, I think Paul says that as a, <clears throat> I call that a generous thing that he does. He says, accept him whose faith is weak. So he's kind of flattering you and saying, hey, if you're going to be the big guy, if you're going to be the mature one, then you need to be able to deal with people who are different than you. Yeah, that kind of makes me think, like maybe this letter was written to specific people in the mm-hmm. church in Corinth. He probably does Not pop necessarily a few different people. Yeah. The whole community, everybody gets to listen to this. That that's a, that's a new thought that I don't think I've ever pondered. He's not slamming everybody. Not slamming. That's right. not the word. He's not <laughs> rebuking or giving all of this instruction to the whole group right maybe this is to the leadership of the churches in corinth or or he's heard about specific people with specific issues or whatever you know i remember we did this with our kids that's Uh, why you said there's four hold on i'm almost done okay if you if there's four letters at least there's two letters at least possibly we have written we have two copies others Right. You know, where he wrote letters to specific people and said, hey, what the heck are you doing? Or, yeah, this is yeah, awesome yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. doing it. Does he say to the church at Rome? Corinth. I mean, yeah. Rome. This, this is, is Rome. Rome. Corinth had four letters. Right. Rome, but I, yeah. I guess I'm just trying to connect a few dots there with if he's saying um, they're typically addressed to the church at something. Uh, and then oh, he covers I'm going a lot back of to verse uh, to chapter one, mm-hmm. the gospel he promised. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Okay, so that's where we get into the, this must be for everybody. Right. And it does mean, and I got an important point. When I was, when we had littler kids, maybe teenagers or less, I remember there would be a problem would crop up between some of them and all four kids would be there. And I would say, 
I'm going to address a problem and I'm going to talk, and maybe I didn't say it exactly like this, but I would say, here is the problem and here is what I want to see different. And then I would say at the end, if this is you and you know this applies to you, do that. If this didn't apply to you, then just let it go by and understand it, you know, because sometimes you kind of do a broadcast message to all the kids of this is unacceptable and a problem because some of them are doing something. And so I had to make it clear, oh, because I'd have one or two would look at me kind of moon face like, well, I didn't do it. And it's like, if it doesn't apply to you, don't take this. So and I think this is kind of implicit in the letter of I have some things to address and hopefully what you do is you recognize, oh, that doesn't apply to me or I'm not the one doing the problem or whatever. And so I think in this particular one where he says, except him whose faith is weak, he's kind of doing that as a, I think that's a tool to help a person latch on and say, oh, okay, if I'm mature, then I have to be a little more careful and loving with others, which is a good position. So he says, without passing judgment, so there's the judgment thing, um, on disputable matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's judgment and it's disputable matters. Now, there's cases like, hey, this guy beats his wife. Well, you probably need to talk to him about that. That isn't a disputable matter, you know, or, you know, there's all sorts of things that could be wrong where you can say, dude, this is not right. But we're going to jump into a couple. He says, one man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does for God. Who does? Yikes, I lost a sentence there. The man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does for God has accepted him. So there's two interesting things. You can have the perspective of looking down on what you consider the inferior person because they did something what you would call a weaker choice. And the quote unquote weaker person is condemning you for saying you're the bad person for doing the other choice. And, you know, we see these all the time in all sorts of things in modern times. In fact, vegetables and meats, one of them and drinking and not drinking and all sorts of things. Uh, I'm going to add some context in here according to the Amplified Bible. The Loud Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So right there at the top, verse one As for the one whose faith is weak, here's a note that says some Jewish believers may have struggled with abandoning all the old requirements of the law regarding eating things considered unclean, while some Gentile believers may have been overly sensitive to anything associated with paganism, such as eating meat offered to idols. I have often struggled with this whole weak business. Is Mm -hmm. my faith weak? Am I the one that has weak faith? Uh, I think he's... I think it's a possibly a translator issue or maybe even just a Paul issue. I don't know. But I don't think I would have used that word. I don't think I would have used the word weak. Um, because what he's really saying is the ones who are having trouble with some of the new understanding of what the gospel is really about based on their context of either Judaism, where they have the law and specific rules, or paganism, where they had things that they did where they offered things to other gods again you've got like 
<clears throat> some maybe pendulum swinging or you know opposite sides of the fence here where people are saying this is my background this is how I believe this is how I believe my whole life and now you're asking me to believe something different and that's difficult and so yeah that that's who he's calling the weak person well maybe like I to me, that doesn't smack of weakness. Right. I have a, a faith system that I've believed in my whole life, and now you're asking me to change some of the rules or whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like weakness to me. Yeah, and it and may he, be that he, you know, and it could be his terminology. It may be his way of doing it, of trying to posit for everybody that, you are the strong one. So, you know, and I, I can see that as you can take it a lot of different ways of saying, you know, I'm going to hypothetically say you're strong. So you need to put up with the other people that are weak. And rather than saying here, there is group A who does this and group B that does that. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could do it, but I don't think weakness and strength he's trying to assign to a specific one of those two as much as he's trying to say if you think you are wise, if you're the person of wisdom, you have the greater responsibility to be accepting and loving. But if you really are the wise person, you don't need that admonishment. You're not the one, you're not I'd, pulling that. Like, I, 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 I think maybe we are taking this a little too literally. Like, maybe he's actually saying, you think you're the strong one? You're not. Because you're, you're, you're making a big deal out of something that shouldn't be a made a big deal out of well that's kind of our conclusion when we get to the end here so we'll get to i think oh, there's really a, well, that's, okay okay we'll see we'll, well see. i think that's kind of the I, big I picture just, I've here always, i've had that in my head for a long time gosh do i want to be the strong person or do i want to be the weak person well of course i want to be the strong person well that means i have to accept everybody okay. and you know like so there's where we're okay and this is exactly what not, we're talking i'm not a strong person well this I'm is exactly this the point of, of my conversation today yeah. is when we focus the problem in, to the front when here. we focus in on the words of a couple of verses like strong and weak we miss the entire point of what he just said which is the next verse. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master, he stands and falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And then he says that one man considers one day more sacred than another. A man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced. So he doesn't use the terminology anymore. So that was kind of, he throws that there. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord. And he who gives thanks to God, he also abstains, also does it to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to this lo- to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. So then why? So this is where he kind of gets going. Why? So it's kind of like all that discussion I just had. Why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment. 
And then he says, you know, for as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your own mind. Okay, and this is we're going to change a little bit. So first it's don't judge other people. It's not your job to go evaluate every other person's life, weak or strong. That's not the issue. The issue is judgment. Are you going to judge your brother over some issue? And I think the weak and strong stuff is a, is a red herring to get caught up in. His point is don't judge because both of them are judging. The weak and the strong are both judging. So he says, so let's not put it. It goes, therefore, let us, this is verse 13. Let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your own mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. So what are we doing now? We're switching from I'm judging other people to I want to make sure I don't cause a problem for any other person. I want to make sure that I'm so what's the heart? The heart here is we're a body in Christ here to build each other up. So first, I don't judge. Second, I don't cause a problem for them that causes a problem. As one who is in the Lord, I'm fully convinced that no food is unclean. But if any regards anyone regards something as unclean, for them it is unclean. If your brother's distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. And do not by your eating destroy the brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. Now some important there for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men now I think there's a big thing there where we've gone from stop judging to don't put stumbling blocks in the way now what's this is what I mean by let's pull the lens back and get wide angle on this. The goal here is how do we as a body work together? Because guess what? I mean, we're in a church where there's a whole lot of different opinions on a whole lot of stuff. And it's like, if I spent my time trying to make sure everybody agreed with me, it would be painful and exhausting and fruitless and I'd probably be mad and angry at people but I'm not it's like okay we're all here to explore and learn things and find things and that's okay and that's a healthy place to be but if our goal is I need to make sure everybody behaves the same way that I do even if I quote unquote behave the correct way and other people do not, I need to be able to give some grace because it's grace world. We need to be able to pour that grace on other people and not even have the judge because I know even that's tough to not have in our head going, wow, that guy's a jerker. Well, they sure are messed up that they don't do this and stuff and just go, you know what? We're in a different place. You know, and in fact, sometimes we look at this like this. We think of the Christian life as a road. It's a single road. And it's like, I'm either ahead or behind other people. And it's like, no, the kingdom is a large area. And we're all in different places. And I'm not necessarily ahead or behind anybody. I'm in a different place. 
And that can help with the judgment because I might have an understanding on a topic or a point or something, but that doesn't make me the mature person who is, you know, above these other people. It just means maybe I have some insight on something and I have to hold that loosely because I also might be wrong. (laughs) I mean, probably not me, but other people might be, you know, not your world. (laughs) So, but I think the fundamental thing here we kind of keep going to is what does it mean to love people and be part of a community where we can live together? Because that's the thing he really talks about at the end. Let us therefore make every effort what leads to peace and mutual edification. Do not destroy the works of God for the sake of food. So in other words, God's doing great things. And when we have a right picture and a view of what God is doing, we can see people for the place that God is taking them, not in terms of, oh, how do I change and fix these people around me? And I think once we can get to that place, that's a huge, huge difference. Um, it also is less burdensome to us, you know, cause I can spend a lot of time thinking about all the people that need to be fixed. <laughs> But I think this gives us real freedom to where we can say, I need to let other people live their lives. And I need to live my life with love and allow the love to be visible. So. Amen. There you go. So there's Becky's part of that. (laughs) So. That's all right. You had a thought and this is your teaching. So there you go. So some teaching. There you go. There you have it. You know, and I think part of it, too, is we can also even on this. um, I know we talk about the drinking one. That's been a big one of the they talk about the weaker brother, I think, isn't Corinthians. Well, people use this as a lot to say, well, you should never drink because there's people that have a problem with drinking, you know, and it's one of those you have to learn to say. What does it mean to make another person stumble? And I think part of it is you have to have an appropriate context. So does it mean you never drink? You don't drink in front of them? Um, and that's, I think those may vary depending on your where you're at. You know, you may come in a place where you don't drink anymore. It may be a place where you don't drink around people who have problems with drinking. But... The issue is that doesn't become important in your life, but the other people do. So I know you had a little version in this in the, what is it? The message? Do you want to read any of that part you had that had a version of this? Um. <laughs> Lost the motivation there on that? Well, I, I actually jumped over to the amplified version oh. and had some other things in here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What you were just talking about actually is in this chapter. It's down there at verse 21. It is good to not eat meat or drink wine or do anything that offends your brother and weakens him spiritually. This is amplified now. The faith which you have that gives you freedom of choice has have your own conviction before God and keep it between you and God. Happy is he who has no reason to condemn himself for what he approves. Why are you even looking at somebody else 
and mm-hmm. trying to get your value on what they think of you right. is what this is kind of speaking. I think to me, yeah. like if somebody, we had this very issue actually in our church not too long ago where there was a food issue based on, it was a celebration that we were going to have and it was specific and there was a specific requirement and uh, there was somebody who said, I am not going to fulfill that requirement. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it was a hard conversation and it was mm-hmm. two people in particular who were discussing it in the group and it got heated. And, and it, it got resolved eventually. But these are, these are heart-touching things. These aren't just... This is part mm-hmm. of the growth of learning how to be a whole person uh, with, your, with your faith impacting you, and not just in your spiritual life, but in how you're going to communicate and relate to other people and be in relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get poked. And somebody's going to poke you about something that you feel strongly about. And that's the opportunity to say, okay, why do I feel strongly about this? And does it matter that this other person also believes what I believe? Right. And if they don't, does that change or alter how I believe? Maybe so. Maybe what they're doing is an opportunity for me to make a tweak or a change in what I believe. But if I believe what I believe very strongly, which... The Jews in this chapter mm-hmm. believed very strongly sure. about some of their dietary laws or their right. Sabbath laws. Believe it. If that's what you want to believe, go for it. God is the God of the living and the dead. I got kind of stuck on that one verse too, which is up above there. He's the God of the dead. <laughs> He's the one who is working on people at whatever, like you said, in the kingdom at whatever place they are he's the one who's working on them mm-hmm. you badgering or you arguing or you being uh hot-headed about a sp- specific disputable topic probably isn't going to change their mind right that probably is going to make them dig their heels in even mm-hmm. stronger yeah. which is what i witnessed that's what i saw in that conversation with these people in our church they both dug their he- heels in even stronger and um what's coming from it is they're actually still in relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. Bravo to them. Yeah. Because they are seeking God mm-hmm. and God is working on them and bringing them into new understandings of what it means to love your neighbor as yourself and to be in relationship with people that don't believe things that you believe that are disputable. This whole thing leads me a little bit into the thought of the difference between, which we talked about a little bit, understanding what you have opinions on that are more like policy issues versus personal issues. Hmm. Um, Kind of that cultural Christianity, personal Uh Christianity thing again. Like same thing, like politically, you may have very strong opinions about how you think policies need to be developed. But when it comes to loving people, regardless of policies or differences, you, you choose love. You love them in spite of if they're a communist or if they're a gay person or whatever, you love them as people. When it comes to making policies about something, that's where you have maybe an opinion that you're not willing to overlook or whatever, because it's going to affect huge swaths of people and the way things are are led you know and run Mm -hmm. same thing in the church 
which as an apostle, as Paul being an apostle, he's laying down foundations of the way these churches should be run. Right. All right. So he's saying when it comes to policy, when it comes to theology, I got 12 chapters that I just wrote, which right. of course he didn't write chapters, but I got all this to say about the policy of understanding the grace of God, mm-hmm. which we have put into 11 chapters actually. Okay. That's not disputable. Here is the gospel. Here is all my thoughts about it. Romans, mm-hmm. I'm telling you people at Rome, whoever listens to it or whoever it was addressed right. to. Okay. That's the policy part. And then verses and then chapters 12 through 16. And then here's when we get down to people and into in, understanding what's important and what isn't and how mm-hmm. to, to apply all this grace and all this theology and all this ap- policy quote unquote policy about yeah. God. Here's how it should look. Here's how it should look as you relate to one another and as you love one another. Mm-hmm. And that's what chapter yeah. 14 is addressing. In my opinion, he's addressing some of these things that would, that were causing division, causing people to, um, have weak faith. We'll stick with that word. Mm-hmm. In other words, they were per- possibly doubting God. The doubting, is this really the gospel? Do I want to follow the gospel? Mm. If this is the way I'm going to be treated or this is the way people are acting or this is the way people are thinking this is what's important. Food is what is important. I can't be a Christian if I have to follow this food law. Okay, he just spent all this time in the previous letter, part of the letter, explaining what the gospel is. Here's how it looks played out. Mm -hmm. Here's the one-on-one thing. For them, it had to do with food or Sabbath keeping, you know, and he's talking to people who've come from such a strong Judaism background. I mean, their, their faith is based on the law. Their faith is based on some very firm convictions about mm-hmm. what should roles. be obeyed yeah. and what is important. Mm-hmm. And these people at some level were not willing to change their yeah. mind about how they wanted to experience God. And so he's, he, and then, you know, the other end too with the Gentiles and the paganism. So there's, there's this swath of people that he is trying to coach along and say, I'm telling you, these things are disputable. These things aren't the things that are going to lead you to love your brother and understand how grace should work in your fam, in your, in your relationships. This is how grace should work in your relationships. Right. All that grace stuff that I just explained about mm-hmm. how the, all the history of the world and the history of Christ and all that stuff that I explained. This is how it plays out with, right. with people. If you know God and you know what he has done, and is doing in the world through Jesus Christ, you can love your brother and choose to not believe what he believes mm-hmm. about specific things, eating meat or not, or eating meat sacrificed to idols, which is right. what happened at Corinthians, or keeping the Sabbath day holy or not. Right. There's good reasons that people do that. Maybe you can be open to that and change your mind. Or maybe you can be like, yeah, that doesn't fit with how I want to live my life. But I love God and I'm going to keep loving God and I'm going to keep walking on this path with God. And at the end of this chapter, he's saying that's how you need to live. You keep following God and don't let what the other people are doing or saying stir you all up, fuss you all up. Right. That's a good. Yeah. And that's a great summary of what we're going through here is at some point. 
the rubber's got to meet the road. And if the rubber, if it's not based on love, we're going to so mix metaphors. We're going down the wrong road, I guess. I, so you're walking in circles is what's happening. Yeah. You're not really going to, you're not really going right. to capture the, the essence of what God is trying to, to renew your mind into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's, Sometimes when we disagree with people, part of the the anger and frustration is sometimes we we feel like we're not being validated and we have to know what's what's our real heart here. You know, are you upset about this cuz somebody's not validating you? Um that's a problem. Or is it do you really care about the person? If so, how are you expressing love to that person? And it's no fun to be in a place where nobody validates you. I mean, that's a legitimate hardship. And if you're in a relationship where you are constantly getting badgered or Mm -hmm. feel unsupported at whatever level, that's that's a hard relationship to be in. And and Mm -hmm. you should be hopefully listening to God and finding other places or other relationships where you can get that tank filled so mm-hmm. that if you, if you, you know, say you're in a marriage or something where you're not getting uh, your emotional tank filled and that's, uh, that's hard, yeah. then you should be finding other places where you can get your tank filled to bring love back into that relationship if you're committed to that marriage. That's just one example. Or children, you know. It, or, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can sing that. Find for your it. way into love. <laughs> um, you know, any any relationship, relationships at church, relationships at work, relationships in family, uh, relationships with your neighbor. There's relationships all around, and to isolate yourself and say I don't want or need any other input because I'm not getting it from this one place where I really would like it to be. I'd really love to be validated by all the people in my life or, you know, this one special relationship. It's going to be hard for you to sustain that if you don't have any other inputs to help you feel like you are, you are a, 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 I keep using the word valid person. You are a whole person. You are Mm -hmm. a loved person. You are worth um, this life. Yeah. So find other places to get that tank filled, that emotional tank filled. Not inappropriately, but there are appropriate ways to, you know, get lots of people find that at church or lots of people find that with counseling or with friendships that are, um, life-giving at, at some level mm-hmm. yeah and which I, I would say yeah. what i would say is that is that is finding god right when you're when you go and find other relationships that are life-giving god is in that and so right. you and so that's what he's saying here he who is uncertain because he is not acting in faith you know don't happy is he who has no reason to condemn himself for what he approves but he who is uncertain is condemned because he is not acting from faith find places to build up that faith and have have a solid understanding of what you believe about yourself and what's important yeah because here's a point verse 17 he says for the 
kingdom of God is not a matter of drinking, but here's three things, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so remember those three. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Now remember those three. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Hey, guess what? Two of those are missing. Do you know why? Righteousness isn't there because you always have righteousness. The joy of the Holy Spirit, that's dependent on you, not the others. So what's the difference is peace. Peace is what we get to bring together to each other. So his emphasis is, I need to be a peace bringer, one who comes into the situation and brings peace, not conflict, because that's the presence of God is peace. That is the joy of the Holy Spirit. If I bring that in there, there will be peace. If I don't have the joy of the Holy Spirit, if I allow those things you just all talked about, then I'm going to allow that to come over and then I'm going to have conflict because I'm going to have unresolved things that I need to fight over with somebody. And so... Or feel valid over. Or feel validated over. So I think that's the big thing. So what do we want to get today? Remember there, look at that big picture. What is, you know, if we focus in on weak and strong, we lose the point. The real reality is we need to find out what does God really want? God wants healthy, loving relationships. Boom. How do you do that? Because that's who he is. Yeah. He is relational. Right. And how they do you do are that? relational. That yeah. is the ultimate goal. And judgment on one another is, is not a relational thing. And well, you know, I, I th- yeah, boy, not that in could that be sense. a whole nother, yeah. you know, judgment that says I condemn you after I've analyzed what you are. Right. That's or what we're talking what you about say. here today. Yeah. You, everybody judges. Right. You, you cannot live and not have a, because judgment is basically just a decision. It's an evaluation of all things, right? Which we do constantly. Right. But the question is, yeah, I don't want to impose that and then on you. I'm not condemning yeah. you because what I think you are doing is wrong. Right. But we don't need to head down that path. That's another thing of whole judgment. Mm-hmm. So, but I tell you what we do need. We need you guys to validate us. Love, <laughs> love, love. We do need love. So validate us by sending us an email or writing us at podcast at grace.world or give us a ring at 833-85-GRACE. Yeah, you're going to have, there you go. Hey, but thanks for being a part of this. And we hope that we can mutually identify, mutually edify, bring peace and joy to your life. Yeah. And hey. All right. Be encouraged, guys. Have a great week. We love you. Bye. Bye.